I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Pierre Lababi, Chief Executive Officer of Galit. We're talking about payments. And first of all, can we talk about what's behind the transformation we're seeing in payments? What are the drivers you're seeing of that change? There are several trends currently ongoing in payments on the market, and we can say that this is concretely a a revolution in the past few years uh, that we have observed on the payment markets. So first, there is a trend about focusing on the customer experience. This is something that has emerged with new entrants, which have improved and brought on the market very simple and convenient ways to use payments. So this is the first trend. Second trend that we see that has been accelerated, of course, with the pandemics is about using digital payments. So, for instance, e-commerce and marketplace have seen very high level of growth in the past few months due to the, to the pandemics. A third driver about the trends in payments in Europe, at least, is the more integration of the markets. So we have seen the build of the SEPA uh, area, so with uh, instant payments, for instance, in the past two years. But on the card market, this is still in front of us, building uh, a new and integrated payment market in Europe. This is one of the big challenges facing uh, uh, market players. What about open payments and how that gels with the creation of a payments ecosystem like a super app? I did not mention open banking, but this is also obviously one of the key drivers between the new experience in in payments. So open banking has been there for for some time now, but it's only recently that this has been integrated by payment players to develop and offer new solutions. And what this means, concretely, open banking, is that payments can be integrated in more diverse environments. So concretely, if you are uh, uh, super apps and you are, uh, for instance, uh, uh, strong uh, with uh, either food delivery or with financial services or with, uh, let's say, any type of uh, consumer service in retail, you can more easily integrate payments within your platform. And why would you um, integrate payments? The first objective would be to facilitate transactions into your environment. So this would uh, make it more simple for uh, your customer to transact within your super app uh, and your ecosystem. And second, because between uh, with, with payments, you get uh, the chance to have very reliable and very valuable data. So once you introduce payment services, Concretely, you know exactly what people uh, buy, what they transact, and this can also be used to uh, develop uh, new services around data. Just give an example. For instance, if you want to offer loans, basically you need to have uh, reliable data on the business of your clients, and payments can be of great help for that. Okay. Now, you did mention SEPA when you were talking Mm -hmm. earlier. Right. But Europe has this, it's developed on one side, but not developed on the other side in terms of payment networks and and modern payment solutions. What's the problem? What's the challenge in bringing Europe up to speed? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a a very good question. SEPA has been initiated uh, 
in 2008, so it's uh, now a long time ago, and has seen a, a number of successes because it introduces homogeneous payment rails in, in Europe for credit transfer and for direct debit, for instance, where you, we had previously national schemes. But if you look at the payments we make every day, so on e-commerce or in-stores, still you see a wide range of national solutions and a wide range of uh, national habits. So today, we cannot really speak about uh, a true Europe of payments. And this is clearly an issue. If you look at other large regions in the world, such as uh, India or Russia or uh, the US, they have their own payment systems for, for cards and for uh, payments in every, every, everyday life. We don't have this yet in Europe, but fortunately, there are a number of projects ongoing and this may become a reality in a few years. Where do the regulators stand on this? Because surely there's a push, well, there is a push in Europe to create a, a European payment system, isn't there? This has been a consistent approach of the European regulators, so the European Commissions and the European Central Bank, to push for more integrated markets in payments in Europe. They have done this uh, gradually. So this means that uh, we had the PSD1, now we have the PSD2, they are thinking about the third one, they introduced open banking, and all of the objective was to have a more integrated market for, for payments, and to also to spur innovation in payments. So to facilitate uh, the rise of uh, fintechs that offer new payment services. Today, what we see is that on the market side, there are a number of good progress, if we speak uh, about uh, the market structure, we see that there are more and more large specialized market players in, in payments, such as ADN, Worldline, or uh, Nets and Siam. But still, uh, in terms of uh, everyday life, this is not really the case, as I explained earlier. And we see a lot of variety in the way uh, Europeans pay every day. Everything we've been talking about so far is perhaps to an extent predicated on the existence of money as we still understand it, but money itself is changing. We have blockchain solutions coming along, we have cryptocurrencies, we have tokens. Where do you stand on how these are going to become part of the payments ecosystem of the future? You are right. We have been discussing about a lot of innovation so far, but these innovations, they still rely on more digitalization of payment means, but relying on the same currency. So on the euro, on the dollars, and, and so on. What we have seen recently is the emergence of cryptocurrencies, the most famous one being Bitcoin and Ether, of course, uh, which have not really been used in, in payments. Why aren't they used in payments today? It's because they are, too, uh, they are fluctuating significantly. So this is making it difficult for uh, an end user and for retailers to transact with this type of currency. But this has changed again two years ago with the development of stablecoin. So stablecoins are cryptocurrencies which have a stable value compared to uh, some uh, currencies, for instance, the US dollar or the euro. And this means that once you have these uh, stablecoins, if they are more and more adopted, uh, people will have uh, a way to pay with using cryptocurrencies and this uh, also presents a number of benefits for, for, for end users and retailers 
that, uh, for instance, could uh, facilitate international transfers. That would be uh, uh, clearly an added value of uh, crypto uh, currencies. Uh, speaking about stablecoin, which are more uh, intended for 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 use in uh, in transactions, there are also projects from central banks in almost all central banks around the world. Given this emergence of stablecoin, given initiatives like the one of Facebook with uh, Libra or Diem, clearly this has come at the forefront of the thinking of central banks. And many of them are now uh, leading projects and experimentation to launch their own digital money. So we will be watching a, a number of innovations which are even more radical in the coming years than, uh, than we have seen in the past. What's the message that you're going to be taking because you're taking part in the SOPRA Banking Summit that's upcoming? What's the message you're going to be taking to your audience there? Clearly, um, there, there are two messages. The, the first one is that uh, all this innovation today is bringing both more simplicity, but also more complexity for all uh, players. It's a, a little paradox. People uh, want to introduce more simple ways of paying, but we see a vast and, and large uh, array of uh, initiatives, and this is making it also more complex to some extent to, to uh, operate in payments. So that's uh, my first message. The second relates more directly to uh, Europe and the projects we have currently at the European level for payments. My view is that we, we should uh, continue to develop new payment means in Europe and they should also uh, become the, the tools that we use every day for, for paying. This is uh, really a, a matter of sovereignty in Europe. So payments is very closely linked to data, to uh, reliable and valuable data. So it is important that we go on and we go forward with European payment tools and instruments. Also, not simply uh, as a defensive approach against existing market players in China or in, uh, in the US, but also to set up our own uh, European model uh, for, for payments, a model that is convenient, that is adapted to the various use cases of European citizens, and that also protects their personal data. Thank you very much, Pierre Lababi, Chief Executive Officer of Gallet.